Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. My name is Pastor Matt McClory. I'm so glad you could take the time to listen to this message. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much. Can we give it up for our incredible worship team? What an amazing job they did. They are doing, always do. Worship just seems to get better and better and better, which is awesome which I believe is the way it should be. Wow, it feels like summer in here, doesn't it? (laughs) Some of you were at the beach earlier today, and sometimes you maybe feel like you're still at the beach right now. (laughs) But hey, it's good to be in church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord always. So here we are, Sunday night, 6.30 p.m., and so many people in church. It's amazing. I'm excited. Hey, I just want to take a moment and just talk a little bit about Pastors John and Helen Burns coming next week. This is major. This is major for our church. And I'm so excited about it. I don't want anyone in our church to miss it. I want us to invite as many people as we... I want everyone to come, everyone and their dog. Maybe leave the dogs outside, okay? But I want everyone in here. I want to fill this place up. We'll put a little dog uh, pole out in the, the grass and you can tie your dogs up out there. But I just want everyone to be here. Because these guys are legit. When it comes to how God is using people on the earth today to speak things into the church, to help craft a message that goes into the church, Pastors John and Helen are at the forefront of you know, God relationships and what it looks like to love people and to, to follow the biblical example. These guys are incredible. We're starting a series tonight, which is exciting, and so they're coming to speak into that series. They're on the Hillsong Channel. They have a segment. If you, if you watch Hillsong Channel, they have a segment called Sex, Love, and Relationships. And they're on there every single day. And they are just, they, they travel the globe speaking into the church, and they are coming to Colonial. <laughs> it's amazing. And I don't want anyone to miss it. I don't want anyone to miss what God is going to do and how God's going to speak through them. So let's make sure we get everyone here next Sunday night. Let's make sure we invite our friends. Let's, let's just, it's just going to be powerful. I'm pumped. So that's going to be really, really, really cool. So we're starting a new series tonight called Much Love. Much Love. I'm really excited about it. I believe it's more than just a feeling that comes after Valentine's Day. We're like, oh, well, it's Valentine's Day. I guess as a church, we should do a relationship series. No, no, no. I believe it's deeper than that. I believe there's more for us than just that. Our anchor text tonight, if you brought your Bibles, is 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, you can begin to open there, and I'm going to read it, but this is going to be our anchor text for the series, Much Love. Everybody say, Much Love. Turn to the person next to you and say, I got much love for you. Hopefully that was appropriate. (laughs) 1 John chapter 4, we're going to pick it up in verse 7, many of the translations It's amazing how similar they are. I'm going to read from the message translation, but a lot of these translations are actually very similar. And it's because the Apostle John is being so direct. You don't really need to mince words, especially these words when it comes to love, but I'm going to read it. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God. Because God is love. Everybody say, God is love. love. 
So you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and damage and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. And he says this in verse 11, my dear, dear friends. And I think it's amazing how he starts off by saying, my beloved friends. And then he says, my dear, dear friends. It's almost like John is trying to impress upon the reader, hey, no, seriously, seriously, you've got to get this. If God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us and his love becomes complete in us. Perfect love. Lord, we just thank you tonight, Father, for the power of your word. Father, we thank you that it has the the ability, the power to change our lives. It has the ability to shape us, to mold us, to help us, to, to change things that need to be changed, Lord, for us to see a little glimpse, Father, tonight of something that you want to show us, Father. We pray that you would do that tonight. Holy Spirit, mold us, shape us, comfort us, counsel us. Help us to be all that we're called to be. I pray it would be your words tonight, God, in Jesus' name. And the church said together, amen, amen. amen. Well, this week, as I was preparing, I was studying, there was this song that was just on my mind all week, so we need to play the song. Hey, we can have fun in church. I'm just trying to get the religious spirit out of people. Shake it out of you. Much love. It says, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. But see, this is the issue with love. It's amazing, but the wrong type of love can hurt people. Many people get hurt because they don't know the model for what love is. You ever heard the saying that hurt people hurt people? I believe that saying 100%. If we model our love on some kind of fabrication, some kind of counterfeit type of love, and then we begin to try to apply that love to our lives, something's going to go wrong. Someone's going to get hurt. And then some guy writes a song. But with the beginning of a new series that I'm really excited about called Much Love, a series on love and healthy relationships. Who knows today that more than ever, we need healthy relationships. We need healthy marriages. We need healthy relationships. Because so much about relationships on the, on the earth today is twisted and distorted and becoming so far from the biblical view that we read about in our anchor text. And my hope and my prayer for this series is that you will gain a deeper understanding of two things, or that two things will happen, and you can write them down at the top of your notes. My prayer for this series is that we will together just get a deeper understanding and a deeper revelation of just how much God loves us. And then on from that, how much that love can work through us. Through us and into our worlds, into our marriages, into our families, into our peer relationships, our work relationships and such. Much, much, much love. I sign off my text messages and my emails that way oftentimes. Much love, Maddie. Much love, MJM. Much love, Pastor Maddie. I just love it because it just says something. It says, I have much love for you. 
I have much love for you. And I want you to know that. But the reason that people go on as hurt people and try to love other people with that distorted version of love is because it's not God's love. It's a different type of love. Yeah, I believe it's real and people intend it to be real and say, yeah, man, I love, I love you and, you know, I love you and I love you, but it's not actually God's love because there's no revelation of what that love actually is that goes out. And we see it here in our text. I just want to pause for a moment and talk about John. So John is just this amazing apostle. He's known as the love apostle. The love is like Dr. Love, you know. The love disciple. And the consensus view about his, his origin is that, you know, there's two major views about sort of how John comes into the picture. And the main view that I kind of agree with is that he was the son of, son of Zebedee, obviously, and that his mom, Salome, was, was related somehow to Mary and therefore would make him a cousin or some kind of cousin to Jesus. But I think it's not really the point. The point is he had a lot to do with Jesus. He was there for everything. John was there for everything. Like when you look at the highlights reel, he was there for everything. Everything. It was almost always for the big moments, Peter, James, and John. John was there. When the transfiguration happened, Jesus was there, spoke to Elijah and Moses. John was also there. In Gethsemane, when Jesus prayed that prayer that we all know about, John was there and he recorded so much of it. He lived a long time, many believe, that he lived past 100 years, outlived all the other apostles. And it's amazing that he recorded so much of what he did. See, the John's gospel is not a synoptic gospel. Synoptic gospel essentially means the same or similar. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke were a synoptic gospels, but John's isn't. See, he wrote it much later. It's different. It starts differently. There's a lot of different things in it. But he wrote it decades after Jesus died. And was raised to life decades after the other gospels were written. And it's quite incredible, but he was the love disciple. So whilst John was known as the love apostle, he didn't start out that way. <laughs> nope. So he was a Galilean, just like Peter. He was kind of like a country guy. A bit rough around the edges. You know, a bit rough around the edges and you know, uneducated, we hear that in Scripture, that him, him and Peter, when they did a miracle in the New Testament after Jesus had gone to heaven, they did, a, they did a, a miracle healing, and he was arrested with Peter, and they remarked about him, and they said, they seem uneducated, but we can tell they've been with Jesus. We can tell they were there. We can tell that he's had contact with Jesus. James and John were also called the sons of thunder. You may remember that from Sunday school, or your reading, and at first, you think Sons of Thunder, that's kind of like a cool name, you know? It's a cool, like, thing to be said over you, but actually wasn't. <laughs> actually wasn't. I'll show it to you in Luke chapter 9, verse 54. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? And it was also John and James, seemed like they were almost thick as thieves in a sense, they were the ones that wanted to be seated at the right and the left hand of Jesus. In fact, they went so far as they put their mum up to it. <laughs> I mean, who can say no to mum, right? But at that point in his life and his journey with Jesus, he was a long way from being the love apostle. On the one hand, he's, he's seeing if, he can, if it's cool with Jesus, if he sends a thunderbolt down to kill people, 
And then he's asking if he can push everybody else to the back and be at the front of the queue. Doesn't sound like the love disciple to me. But the difference with John and the reason that I stop and talk about John is because to study his life is incredible. Study his life and how long he lived and some of the things that took place. And, you know, a lot of it is historical. You can't completely rely on it. But what's in Scripture, you can rely on. But there are even stories about him much older in age showing up at the temple one day. Showing up at the temple one day and they stopped and then someone got up and they're like, man, John's here. John's here. And they called him down the front and he reluctantly went down the front and they stood there and they said to him, tell us about Jesus. Tell us what it was like to be with Jesus. And it was almost like he, he was mute. He didn't want to say anything, but he said these words. He said, Jesus said that we should love. Jesus said that we should love each other and if we love each other, that's how they know we're his followers. So John's incredible, but the reason that he went from being this son of thunder to the love disciple, is because he had a growing understanding of the love that came through Jesus. He had a growing understanding of the love that God expressed through Jesus himself. He grew in his understanding, even after Jesus' ministry, that God was manifesting his love towards the world through Jesus. So my first point for us tonight, my overarching headline point that I want us to understand in this series we're going to talk about lots of different things, but this is, this is the main headline. The first point is this. Love generates from God. Love generates from God. He initiated love towards us, not the other way around. And that's what John understood, that love was generated. God initiated love towards us. You know, in this series, it's going to be cool to talk a little bit about my relationship with Jill and our marriage and talk a little bit about some of the things that God's done in our life and our story which is you know, going to be really, really fun, and I pray God uses it in a mighty way. But she grew up here. I didn't grow up here. Just in case you're just now tuning in, but I have an accent. I didn't grow up around these parts. I didn't grow up here. But she did. She grew up here, comes from a big family. I remember when I first came here, and we went to Publix, which is now my beloved Publix. My beloved Publix. We went to Publix for the first time, and I thought it was some kind of joke, like I was getting punked. We're going down the aisles, and it's like, hey, Jill, hey, Jill, hey, Jill, hey, Jill, hey, Jill. I put my head in one counter to get some frozen pizza, and she's over there having a conversation with like three different people. I'm just there trying to fill the cart, get my fried chicken in Jesus' name. <laughs> but she came from a family here. I didn't come from here. I grew up in Sydney, Australia, the great south land of the Holy Spirit. But I grew up down there. But a lot of you know the story. But she just happened to be visiting Hillsong Conference one year. Just happened to be down there. And if you, we're going to talk more about it in the weeks to come. But just the, the, the miracle story of her even getting to Australia and being part of Hillsong Conference and then us having the opportunity to meet. It's just incredible. But she just happened to be there. And I just happened to be in the same place at the same time doing the same thing that I always did. 
It was a big, long week of work. I'd worked from Monday through Friday. It was my first job, and I was putting everything into it, and I was volunteering at church as well, and it had been a big week with Hillsong Conference. And I was sitting in the same place on a Saturday morning, practicing essentially my own Sabbath back then. I was just blowing off some steam at the cafe. I was with my friends. It was what I liked to do. But I was in the same place at the same time doing what was, to me, a normal thing. Can I just encourage some of the single people in here tonight? Don't for a second feel like you need to step out of the will of God and try to change something up so you can get God's attention to send the right person to you. If you stay faithful in what God's given you, if you stay in your lane, you stay in the same position, God will get you what you need. He will bring you the person that you need. I was in the same place doing the same thing that I always did. And then she walked in. It was like Pavarotti was just going off in my head. and You know, everything to the side was all blurred out. It was just, she was a vision. I mean, I'm like, wow. And so we got to spend a bit of time together and it was amazing. We went surfing, we hung out. She went to the rugby with me. Come on, that's how you know that a girl is a good girl. She'll go to see your native sports team with you. We hung out, we had an amazing time, and then came time, she had to go. A couple days later, she had to go back to America. She had to go back to America. And I was just like, okay. Well, I got her contact details. And then I think it was a day or two had gone by, and I called her. And I called her and said, hey, girl. (laughs) What's up, girl? Everyone knows in here I did not say that. I probably stuttered, sounded like a complete idiot. And I said, hey, how are you? How's it going? You doing good? Everything good? And then I kept calling her every day from the work phone. (laughs) Lord, forgive me. Hey, I was young, I was broke, all right? Just had to make it work, okay? Do anything for love. But I called it day after day after day after day. Can I just give a little bit of word, a word of advice if you're in here tonight? The ladies in here, you're single. If you come up to a guy and you have to initiate the contact, if you're the one who has to go across the other side of the room to talk to him, if you're the one that's got to go out of your way to initiate, he's not the right guy for you. He's not the right guy for you. See, my job was to initiate. My job was to make the pursuit. My job was to generate the dialogue. It was her job to respond. And see, the thing is, when it comes to God, he generated his love for us. God generates the love for us, not the other way around. He initiated the relationship. The love that God has for us is initiated and generated from God himself to us. Verse 7, you can put it up again. My beloved friends, let us continue to teach each other since love comes from God. This is so important for us to understand and take on for ourselves today that we partake in that love that was created by God. It's love that was generated by him. If love was a river, the source of that river would be God. If love was in an outlet somewhere, the source of that power going to the outlet is God. If God was a ripple effect, 
in the middle of it all, creating the ripple effect, is God. It generates from Him. God has initiated and generated the beginning of love. It comes from God. This is where people forget this. People try to work at generating their own love. They try to generate the love. They try to be the one that's in control. They take all the pressure off God and they put it on themselves. But love is generated by God. That's what I love about building the church. That's what I love about getting up here and proclaiming God's word to people every single week. As long as I can remember that it's not my power. As long as I can remember that it's God that generates the power through me and goes to people. If I can just remember that as we build our church, as we preach God's word, as we do what we do. As long as I can always remember it's God's power working through me and not my own. We'll be okay. Love is generated by God. But love has always been hard for us humans to define. We throw it around a lot. I mean, I can say I love coffee. And let me tell you, I do. I'm a flat out coffee snob. Like flat out coffee snob. If you give me bad coffee, there's a good chance we will never be friends. I'm kidding. Much love. I have much love for you. I mean, I can say I love pizza, but it's a bit different when I say I love my wife. <laughs> can I get an amen? You see, the New Testament was written in Greek, and they had to figure out a way to define these words. And it's important for us to maybe do a little word study tonight. But this word's like storge. And that word is like a, 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 an appreciation of love in a family setting. An appreciation of love and maybe used between children, uh, parents and their children and the group setting in a family. And it's, it's about relationships within that segment. And then there's phileo, which is more of a one-to-one regard for someone. If I become friends with someone in Australia, we'd call it mates. If you have mateship with someone, you say, yeah, you're my friend and I and I'm your friend, and I'd do anything for you. I love you, man. I'll do whatever it takes for you. I'm here for you. So there's phileo, but then there's others as well. as eros, which is where we get the word erotic from, and that's more of a passionate type love. I have passionate love for my wife. Amen. I'll just amen myself. But that's more about appreciating the beauty and the the passion, and it's more about emotions and feeling than it is about, say, phileo, which is human regard for one another. We have to understand when we read this anchor text for our series, Much Love, we're not talking about storge. We're not talking about family love. We're not talking about nice regards for friendship like phileo or even eros, which is emotive, highly emotional-driven feelings and desires and passions towards people. We're not talking about those. No, John wants us to understand that when we read the words, God is love, we have to understand it's agape love, which is the fourth word. Agape love, which is a deeper love. It's a love that's initiated by someone. It's a love that has a pursuit attached to it. It's a love that has an unconditional nature to it. That's agape. It's more than just a feeling. It's real love. Come on, can I get an amen in this place? He generated agape love for you and for me, and it's unstoppable love. It's unstoppable. We sing that song, it goes over the boundaries, there's nowhere he wouldn't go. I don't even know the words, but it's an amazing song. <laughs> Leaves the nine, I don't know, 99, 101, I don't know, something like that. 
But that's the love. It's a force to be reckoned with. You can't escape the depth, the height, the sheer dimensions attached to this love. That's the love. So love is generated by God. Number two is this. I get to respond to that love. I get to play my part when it comes to that love. Just helping anyone tonight. I talked about the roles with Jill and I. It was my role to initiate the love and reach out and generate the dialogue with Jill. And it was her role to respond. Who knows that if I'd just done nothing at all, we may not be married today. We may not be celebrating 12 years of marriage this year. We may not have three children raising here on earth and one in heaven waiting for us. We wouldn't have any of that if I hadn't have initiated and allowed her to respond. See, we need to be the type of Christians, the type of believers that understand this love and say, okay, I'm not generating love. I'm responding to love. I'm responding to what God has given me. Verse 11, my dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God, but if we love one another, God dwells deeply in us. And this is the part that wrecks me. And his love becomes complete in us. Perfect love. Let us never forget our roles. Let us never forget that God generates the love, sends it our way, and gives us an opportunity to respond. Everything we do in church is like this. Everything we do in church we respond to God in worship. I don't come into church and just like, just get on a treadmill and just be like, oh man, I just need to generate some love. Yeah. I come in here and I respond to God's love. And I don't know about you, but I could have had the worst week ever. And I'll be 10 seconds into the first worship song and man, I'm in a different place because I'm responding to God's love. I'm responding to the goodness of God. I'm responding to the agape love that he has shown to me. Everything we do is in response to God. And we continue that response. Even our minute mingle, it's an opportunity for us to connect with someone, show a little love. Even if it's a smile, even if it's a nice thing we say, we're responding to God's love. And then we give. We give from a place of not trying to generate a blessing. We don't try to generate a blessing. No, we're responding to God's love. Sometimes I think about tithing, which we believe in in our church. If you're new to our church, we believe in honoring God and putting him first. We believe that the first is his. And I think about that, I'm like, man, it's only 10%. I think about it that way, I'm like, man, that's incredible. God says, you just do what you want with the rest. Be a good steward, but it's yours. But we get to respond and give to God. And then we come to the end of our service and we offer people the opportunity to respond to Jesus. Respond in an invitation. If you're here tonight, you've never met Jesus before, we're going to give people the opportunity, like we do in every single service, to say yes to this agape love, to say yes to this guy called Jesus who can change your life. All we have to do is respond. But anytime we get that role reversal mixed up, everything breaks down. Everything breaks down. Can I just encourage you? This is a series on relationships. If you've been in a relationship, maybe you grew up in a family that was dysfunctional, things happened, things went down, but all the good things that you felt in that relationship, the nurturing, the love, the genuine side to that, that was all from God. But the negativity and the things that caused the hurt and the things that maybe you live with today and you're like, man, I just, that was so hard. Can I encourage you? That was not from God. 
That did not generate from God. That came from living in a dying, broken, sick, messed up world. There's a difference. And I'd love everyone to write that word down, agape. Because when it comes to our relationships from the top down in this series, I want us to know that that's where it begins. Agape love. Agape love. It's incredible. Maybe you're in here tonight and you struggle with self-perception. Self-perception. And I think it's important for us to understand the way God sees us. He loves us. He thinks you're incredible. Ladies in here tonight, he thinks you're beautiful. He thinks you're incredible. And you see it all the time, insecurities popping up, people having issues with their image and whatnot. You just need to get a glimpse of the agape love that God has for you and how he sees you. Because if we did, we would see that the love is generated from him. We don't need to try to create this counterfeit for our own lives. We just need to focus on that love. Because that is love. God is love. And my third point for us tonight is this. I can't show God's love unless I know God's love. See, I can't express genuinely God's love if I don't know it for myself. If I haven't experienced it for myself, if I don't understand it myself. That's why it's important to know how God sees you. Because if you, if you see the way that God sees you, you'll have the confidence to show that love to someone else. Someone else in your world. Someone else that's struggling. Someone else that needs a helping hand. Someone else that just needs a few words. Say, man, God loves you. God loves you so much. And, you know, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what it's about. I don't know, you know, if you need this word or not. But I just want you to know there's a God in heaven who just loves you so much. Would do anything for you. Has done everything for you. He sent Jesus. This is how we begin our journey into much love, healthy relationships. We've got to know God's love so we can show God's love through our relationships. When agape love is something that we have truly come to terms with, we can move forward with all our relationships. I believe it tonight. I believe our marriages will be different. I believe that our friendships will be different. I believe the way that single people would date each other will be different. I believe that all of a sudden, the way we treat even our parents or our kids will all of a sudden be different. There'll be a different lens that we look through. And I don't know about you, but I want to grow in a deeper understanding of Jesus' love for me like John, so therefore I can attach that to my marriage, so therefore I can attach that to the way I treat my kids. Because if that's God's love that's been generated from Him, it's going to find its way into their hearts. It's going to find its way into their worlds. And all I've done, friends, is be a conduit of that love. Come on, somebody. How awesome is God? He sets us in place and gives us an opportunity to love people. You know, John is saying that God is love, so love is God. Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Open with me if you got it or if you can open there. So John is saying that God is love. To truly understand love, you've got to understand that it came from God. So then when we read this well-spoken verse and something that you probably hear about a lot of weddings and maybe you just know it well. But it totally flipped the switch for me when I read it. Verse 13, I'm just going to start from verse 1. It says, If I speak in tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. 
And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have no, not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned but not have love, I gain nothing. And you've heard this before. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on getting its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes in all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Paul's speaking to the Corinthians. He's explaining it. He's literally detailing it out for us. And John backs it up. But if you think about it, God is love. Love is God. So that means to me, God is patient. God is patient. He will wait all day for you. God is kind. He's not a mean God. He loves you and he's kind towards you. He's not angry with you. He doesn't envy or boast. He's not arrogant or rude. He doesn't pump himself up to make himself feel good. God doesn't need to do that. He doesn't insist on getting his own way. He's given us a free will and a choice to respond to him. He's not irritable or resentful. He doesn't hold your past against you. I just want to stop there. Some of us just need to stop bringing our past back into something that God's already set us free from, cleared it all away from. We just need to leave it in the past and stop dragging it up to ourselves. We stand there. We say, oh man, I did this. and Man, it's so bad and feel so bad, and God's standing there. He's just like, I have no record of it. I don't know what you're talking about. See, the blood of Jesus has erased all those sins. The blood of Jesus has changed the game because the blood of Jesus is the love that was generated from God for you and for me. We don't need to go into the past and drag it into our future. We don't need to go there anymore. We just need to forget about it. You know, in the stock market, there's this, uh, there's this way of kind of reporting in the stock market, a lot of you know I've worked in the stock market for most of my adult life. And, you know, if someone gives you a trade and asks you to buy a stock or sell a stock, you kind of take the information, you learn to double check the information, especially as a young intern like me. And then you do the trade. You do it, you buy it or you sell it, but then what you do is you report it. Whether the report is via instant message or the report is a phone call, go old school and call, or your email or you just let them know, hey, just want to let you know, I bought the stock, here's the price, it's done. Or I've sold the stock, it's done. But that's not the end of it. At the end of the day after the market is shut, the back office or the middle office will send what's called a confirmation note. Confirmation note. And that's when it's real. The confirmation note is a contract note. It's done. It's, you need to pay for it. Or if you sold a stock, we're going to send you some money. But it's done. The contract note is the most important thing. And see what John is doing in first chapter, John, verse 4. He's saying to you, it's done. It's done. You don't need to worry about what was before. I'm here to tell you I was there. The contract note has been delivered. And the best part, it was all paid for. You didn't have to pay a thing, but it definitely, definitely happened. God is love. And if the team wants to come back up. The thing I love about First, chapter, uh, First John and the rest of the letters, the book of Revelation and the gospel of John is this. He was there. John was there. 
You ever been in a situation where someone will tell you and they'll say, hey, I heard that at the meeting this was said. Or I heard at the meeting that this was talked about. But as they're beginning to say it, they forget that you were actually in the meeting. See, that's why John, that's why John wrote the Gospel of John. That's why John wrote the, uh, the letters was because he wanted to let everyone know there was this heresy that was happening at the time. There were people that were going around saying that Jesus didn't come in physical form. He was just a figment of people's imagination. He was just here in a spiritual form. But John's here and he's saying, no, no, no. I was there. I saw him for myself. I saw what he did. I saw how real it is. And God sent Jesus to show us how much love he has for us. Amen. Would you stand with me? You receive that word tonight? Lord, we just thank you, Father, that you truly love us. Father, we just thank you that you've given us this love that's not a surface-level love. It's not a love that comes today, might, be, might not be here in the future, but it's a love that's persistent. It's a love that you initiated, Lord. It's a love that comes from you. Father, thank you that you manifested that love through Jesus. Father, I pray that we would understand that in a fresh way tonight. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for your much love that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray it blessed you greatly. Please visit us at www.colonialchurch.life for more.